Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 863 of the Juice Box Podcast. On today's show, I'll be speaking with Mary Martha. She is the mother of a toddler who has type 1 diabetes, and they use the Omnipod 5. I hope you enjoy our conversation. While you're listening to it, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Hey, if you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox and fill out their survey. When you complete the survey, you are helping with type 1 diabetes research. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. If you're looking for community around diabetes, head over to the private Facebook group Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Over 35,000 members. Someone there is talking about something right now that you know about or want to learn about. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group and it's absolutely free. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Touched by Type 1. There's a ton going on at Touched by Type 1. You can find out about it all at touchedbytype1.org. Please also find them on Instagram and Facebook. Today's podcast is also brought to you by the Dexcom G7 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The G7 is here and it is ready for you at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'm Mary Martha. My son Davis is two years old and he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in January of 2022. that's 10 months ago. Yes. Okay. So we're newly in our um, diabetes journey, but I think because of you, Scott, and the Juice Box podcast, we've really gotten a handle on things fairly quickly. Hmm. Um, so I, I have a lot to thank you for. No, no, this is um, this is very interesting because because, you know, there are some people who would tell you not to get technology at the beginning and, you know, you should learn diabetes from the ground up. And there's a lot of different opinions about that. So I think it's interesting to hear from somebody who's having your experience. So first of all, uh, are there, what, were there any reasons to imagine your children might get type one diabetes or was this a surprise? How did the, uh, initial days go? It was a complete surprise really the only person in our family that has had type one, it was my mom's aunt. So my great aunt, and it's pretty removed. I would, I think, and that's at least what the doctor said whenever we um, were diagnosed and they asked us about history and all of that. And we, um, leading up to diagnosis, we spent a few nights, it was in January. So um, we spent Christmas with my parents and I think my grandmother really put it in my mom's head along a lot of times about type one and the the symptoms because oh. I think she my grandmother was always really nervous about her getting it herself and then her children getting it and so I think through the years of growing up my mom kind of was always 
told about it. And then, you know, through in our experience, she was really the one that kind of told me, said, I think something's going on um, with Davis because he was drinking lots of water, wetting his diaper overnight. He would be soaked. Um, his diaper would be, we ha- you would put pads in and then he would, his pajamas would be soaked. And it's just like, this is, I don't know if this is normal. Right. I actually asked friends that had children and that are similar ages or who had gone through the stages that Davis was in. And I said, Does, is this normal? He's wanting water all the time. And he's, he's going through his diaper at night and other and during the day really quickly. And they were like, yeah, that's just, that's just toddler stuff. You just need to size up in your diaper and he'll be fine. It'll <laughs> absorb it. And that none of that worked. Oh, and, yeah. and so it, we came to a point when we had gone to our, the local university um, where we live and we, we go to their games all the time. And my mom at one point was just like, Mary Martha, you need to take him to the doctor tomorrow. Like no question you need to. And she'd kind of been putting it in my mind, you know, over a few weeks and I was just like putting it off. I'm like, no, he's fine. And it's really actually interesting because he had a couple of ear infections um, leading up to Christmas. And then after Christmas, I said, I think he might have an ear infection again. Let's go in to the pediatrician and see um, if he does. And I actually mentioned all the symptoms that we had. um, And he was like, no, he's fine. That's just normal. Just try to cut off his water intake at dinner. And I said, okay, if you say he looks okay, if you think it's okay, um, I'll just, you know, take him home and go on my merry way. And Mm -hmm. then that my mom came to that point where my mom was like, you need to take him. And so we did that and took him to the pediatrician. It was a Monday. Is, is Davis your first? He is my first child. So it's all very, everything was very new to me and it just wasn't something that was on my radar. Yeah. Um, you know, when Mar- you- Mary Martha, the reason I ask is because you sound like you're 19, but how old are you? <laughs> I'm 31. Okay. Well, you sound like you're 19, which I guess is great probably in right. Or I don't yeah, know. Well, how do you find it? I think it's, I mean, I still get carted at the grocery store every time <laughs> I get a bottle of wine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do live in a college town, so they don't want to um, get anybody, let anybody slip. I see. Um, but yeah, so he's my first. So anything out of the ordinary uh, was, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah just, I wasn't really, I wasn't really sure what the symptoms were or, and if it wasn't for my mama, I really wouldn't have had the gumption to take him in and see the pediatrician again and stand up for myself, really. Yeah. She really helped you with that. Well, she, she was indoctrinated it sounds like through her life to be looking for diabetes yeah and I think I I remember there were certain times when I was growing up that I might have you know had to go to the bathroom a couple of times you know in a row maybe being on a road trip or something and she would be like are you okay are you getting diabetes and it was kind of like she was even with me going growing up I remember there were a couple instances that she kind of was on high alert for me um and it might have even just been me um just drinking a lot of water. It might've been around when I was you know, playing tennis or something right, right. and I was just really thirsty. I don't know, but, um, and I've been normal every time I've gone to the doctor. So I didn't have any sort of any need to do, um, to be really on high alert, but you know, she was still on high alert when I was growing up too, but if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have 
known any other symptoms. Yeah. How about other autoimmune issues? Does anybody have celiac or thyroid problems, anything like that? My mom has take she's I was she's actually here with me now. She's watching Davis or being on kind of high alert um for a low or anything um while he naps so she could give him juice in case something happens. But um you know she said she was on a has a thyroid medicine, but I'm not sure if it I guess it's probably hypothyroid. I'm not sure. Um and then my dad has a neurological disease that he deals with, but it's not anything that's autoimmune. Okay. Um, my mom also has arthritis, but it's not rheumatoid. It's osteo. Mm-hmm. So, um, so maybe your mom's real. Not, your mom, but your mom doesn't, I mean, it sounds like she doesn't talk about a thyroid thing very much. So you don't, you <laughs> no, don't, she doesn't. Yeah. You don't know uh, if it's autoimmune or not. Right. I don't know if it's yeah. autoimmune or not. Okay. She, she just kind of told me that in passing today. And, and I called my mother-in-law to, cause I knew that was a question you normally ask. And she didn't have any uh, uh, any autoimmune on there so on my husband's side of the family either. So, okay. um, all right. Well, so like, let's. I mean, let's figure this out. So, you when you take him to the hospital finally, and you get your diagnosis, and, and your life begins with all this. Just ten months ago, did mm-hmm. they give him technology right in the hospital? Or what do you start with? Because I want to, you got, you climbed through things pretty quickly. So I'm interested in how it started and how quickly it moved along. So when we were admitted, they did not give us any technology. They gave us the glucometer and the lancets and they gave us an insulin pin uh, and then the lantus pin. And that was what they sent us home with. But the, so the, one of the big reasons why we are able to get the technology was our endocrinologist, Dr. Zimmerman. She's, we had our first appointment with her. I think it was, we were, it was a week after we were diagnosed. We went and saw her immediately practically. And I think the, the relationship with her has been so wonderful. She get, I guess with in her practice, and I guess this might be the norm she was able to give us a sample Dexcom mm-hmm. from the, um, from that first appointment we had with her. And she actually was really great. And she would save us a few um, every time the, the Dexcom rep would come by. <laughs> and nice. so, cause you know, being a two, he was 21 months, wasn't quite two yet. And I feel like the Dexcom is the most important technology a, a type one diabetic can have because of the, just the information it gives you, the tr- uh, this trend levels and, and just the alerts that it provides for a low yeah. in the middle of the night. They're just with the, with the toddler. It's just, you never know. And obviously you went through that, but you didn't have that technology. No, I don't I, think yeah, with Arden. No, not at all. I was going to say um, Davis and Arden were diagnosed right around the same age. So, yeah, um, and, but, but I'm sorry. Like I was just wanted to ask how much did he weigh at the diagnosis? I think he was about 25 pounds. He, and the doctor always said that, oh, he's a, a good weight. And I remember growing, you know, we went in a few times before his uh, diagnosis and it was always around the same weight, but he didn't seem to think it was an issue. Um, but then looking back now at pictures, you could tell he was very skinny and sick and, and almost it hurts me to go back and look at those pictures. Yeah, I know. Um, we have this 
the the university mascot. I know it was the Saturday, the Sunday before he went to the hospital. He actually had the courage to go sit in the mascot's lap. And we had been training for that day. You know, we watched videos of him, but that day it's one of my favorite pictures, but now it's kind of tainted because it was the day before he was diagnosed and you can see how sick he is Yeah, in the picture. I have pictures um, like that of Arden too. Mm-hmm. It's, you- uh, it's really, it's, it's sad to look at. It's like, how did I not know, <laughs> you know, but I think it's because it normal. Yeah. I think it's because the weight loss happens generally speaking slow enough that you don't notice it, you know, like mm-hmm. it, but then right. once you look back and you realize once they get insulin and they look so healthy again, you know, you're like, oh yeah. gosh, like what was that that I didn't realize? Plus 25 pounds is a, was that, did he gain weight after you got him on insulin or was they, was it? Well, he weighs about 32 pounds now. So okay. he's put on weight. Oh, wow. Cool. Uh, how um, hard is it to take care of? I mean, so let's break down like this. How long did you manage with like syringes and a meter? So we did that from January 24th was diagnosis. We got on the dash, the Omnipod dash on right after his second birthday. So it was about April 12th, I believe, was the day that we went and got it. Um, so, it was so that couple, Monday after his birthday. Okay, so January, February, March, April, about three or four months, you did shots. Mm-hmm. Okay. We did shots. And I mean, Davis is probably, I don't know how the Lord blessed us with one of the most brave little boys that I've ever met. He, from the beginning, you know, pricking his finger the first time at the, at the pediatrician's office to, to getting everything hooked up to him in the, in the hospital and being awake all night in the PICU and all of that. I mean, he has never flinched Hmm. once. Interesting. And it's, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can only thank the good Lord because he has been a trooper from the beginning. Cool. So from that first finger prick to any needle um, from the insulin pen, he's taken it like a champ still to this day with the Omnipod, putting that on in the Dexcom. But last night um, we changed his Dexcom and he actually pushed the button for the first time. He was like, let's go mom likes to count down and say, go. Um, so he's, he's one of the strongest little boys. I mean, it's ama- he amazes me. Good for you. That's really excellent. Good for him. Um, really so, it is. So, so then you moved to a dash after three or four months to mm-hmm. use an Omnipod dash. Then you didn't, how long did you do that for? Just like four months again? We actually did it from April to June. So the, like whenever the Omnipod five was, Release for public consumption. We, I called Dr. Zimmerman. Or actually, we had been texting, and every time I'd see something posted in the Facebook group or on Instagram, whenever I saw it, any news about it, I would forward it to her. I was almost her, her news reporter about everything Omnipod Five, <laughs> and it actually came out like the news about the limited release came out the Friday after he was diagnosed. So. It was on my radar from the beginning. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have to get on that as soon as it mm-hmm. as soon as it's available. And she did everything in her power to, you know, figure out a way for us to get it. And I ended up having to call insurance over and over and over again. And I, I think I was the one that figured out 
what steps we need to take. I was just, I was very determined to, to get that technology. Yeah. And so early on, sometimes your providers, even the companies don't know exactly what's going on in the, in the beginning days when they're trying to get it all set up with insurance and everything. So it takes that kind mm-hmm. of perseverance to get through it if you want to do it right away. Okay. So we basically have about the same amount of time with shots, with Dash, and with Omnipod 5. Are, um, are you experiencing any honeymoon-type things with Davis? If you live with type 1 diabetes, if you have type 2 diabetes and use intensive insulin therapy, if you experience severe hypoglycemia or hypoglycemia unawareness, you should be looking at the Dexcom CGM. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Just this small device that you wear that sends your blood sugars speed, direction, and number. Are you kidding me? The speed that your blood sugar is moving at, the direction it's moving in, and what the number currently is, all from this tiny little device that you wear, it's insane. And you can see all of that information on your Dexcom receiver or your compatible smartphone, Android or iPhone. Up to 10 people can follow someone using a Dexcom. I'm going to pick up my phone right now and tell you my daughter's blood sugar. Swipe up, 105 and stable. It has been in this range for the last three hours. Nice and stable right now at 105. Not dropping, not falling. I can see... I can see where she, oh, look at all this. There's so much information here. I can't tell you all about what I'm looking at on my daughter's blood sugar, but you could find this information for yourself. Getting an idea of where and how to use insulin by seeing how it works in you. I put insulin in, what happens next? I eat carbs, what happens next? You can see it right there on the graph. It's a window into into a whole new world that my daughter's Dexcom brings to us uniquely. Dexcom.com forward slash juice boxes. The G6, which my daughter is using right now, and the G7 has just been made available in America. It's already out overseas in places where it's available. You can find it at Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. At Arden's next delivery, the next time she gets CGMs from US Med, they're going to be sending her the Dexcom G7. So she'll be using it very soon. You could be too. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Or just type it into your browser. You know what else you can type into your browser? Touched by type1.org. Do both today. What are you busy? You can't go to two web addresses for me? Touched by type1.org. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Now let's get back to the show. honeymoon type things with Davis? We haven't. Um, That's another thing that I guess I see a lot of parents struggling with it in the Facebook group. And I see people um, posting about not really sure how to, how to dose for things. And, you know, I've actually become a couple of friends uh, here that through Dr. Zimmerman, I've found a couple of ladies who have children around the same age and They've gone through that situation. We've been really blessed, I think, because I, if I had to, the pancreas was still working a little bit, I 
don't know what I would do. It would have, it would have been a little bit harder. I definitely. Yeah. How is it? Um, how is he with treating Lowe's? Does he pretty easy about it? Or do you ever have problems where you're, or times when you're concerned that like, he's not going to eat this fast enough or how was that? I think, uh, he actually, he's always been a pretty voracious eater. Um, so I've never really been that concerned about him not eating. And if I, if he, if he won't eat or drink something, I'll just whip out chocolate milk. Um, he seems to really like that. <laughs> Anything that with chocolate milk involved, he's very motivated. Um, also juice, um, as well. He'll drink that pretty easily in the middle of the night. We started doing, we were doing some glucose gel and then we did maple syrup. Um, we actually found that using syringes that for medicine, like the Tylenol and such, mm-hmm. those syringes are really helpful to put in his mouth and just squirt it in there and hardly not even wake him up. But we've kind of even just now just still doing juice in the middle of the night. He'll just, with Omnipod 5, we rarely have to do that um, because of the algorithm and how it works. But we, if we do, it's just one really small sip of juice. Mm-hmm. And he just sits up, takes a sip, and lays back down. So I know my mother-in-law <laughs> mentioned one time he was so good about that. He took a sip of juice and looked at her and waved bye-bye and laid back down. <laughs> <laughs> See you, lady. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good enough. I'm good. All good. Well, yeah, that's good. really, really I'll go back to sleep and get my nap on. And, and so do you, I mean, I don't even know how many A1Cs you've had tested in 10 months. Probably one or two. So we actually have, I've, I've saved every one of the printouts. I have it here in front of me. I think at diagnosis, I texted or I communicated with Dr. Zimmerman about it. And she said that at diagnosis, he was, his A1C was higher than the machine read. Mm-hmm. It was greater than 13. And then I guess this was in March, we did another one. And he was 10.5. And this was, I think it was still taking into account some of the the months that he was before, before he was pre-diagnosed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, still, then, but still, that a 10, three months into it, mm-hmm. is still, I mean, it's still a high number. It's, it's still a high number, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, in the beginning with the, I think it was probably before we found the podcast, in the beginning we had really bad issues at after breakfast because they were like, Oh, you can just feed him what you normally do and go about the carb count on the packaging. Cause one of his favorite breakfasts is oatmeal. I don't give it to him as much now, but oatmeal, you know, it spiked him really high. Yeah. And I, I was like, it says 15 carbs on this thing. And that is not working. (laughs) Um, So something is wrong. And so I think, you know, listening to you and hearing about pre-bolusing and doing all of that, that helped with doing that. And then, of course, we would change the ratios. Obviously, you needed more insulin mm-hmm. um, and those type of things. So anyway, it was it was in the beginning, he definitely did have those days where he would go really high. And, yeah. But once we were able to hone in those numbers and figure out I feel like there's such a strategy and a science to everything that you just have to learn. And I wish it was, I don't know how, how they could explain it better in the hospital, but 
of course, with a toddler, they're like, oh, you don't need to wait until after he eats to dose because you don't know how much he'll eat. And then you're basing his blood sugar. You would prick his finger and then give him that, um, get and base his carb count on what his blood sugar and his the calculation on what it was before he ate. Um, anyway, it was all, I feel like it's a little bit backwards, but <laughs> anyway. So, so, okay. So we, now, go, I'm sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh no. But after we figured out pre-bolusing and all that, the science behind it, it just all made it really helped. Yeah. So it made more sense. So did, I mean, how did a pump impact you? Like, did you even, under, did you feel like you understood injections and you were like, I did. Oh, yeah. And then, so now you're, you move on to a pump. Was that your idea or was it Dr. Zimmerman's idea or, or how did you get from the shots to the pump so quickly? I think it was both of us. Um, I think she saw the benefit because, you know, because of the small doses and that you can give, because sometimes, you know, he, he needed 0.2 versus a half a unit. Mm-hmm. And that was all that the pen would give um, for half a unit. And so, and I think I really didn't want to keep giving him shots because I felt like, you know, you know, you'd go through a meal and it obviously wasn't enough. And then you'd have to get all the, get the needle out and, you know, you know do the whole process. Yeah. And, you know, if you just had the pump, you'd pull out the PDM and plug it in and you kind of give what you think he needs right. in addition to whatever you already dosed. But, um, and I like the fact that it wasn't, didn't have any tubes and it would be easy for him to, you know, my mom teaches swimming lessons and I knew that we needed to be able to get in the pool. And I knew that the Omnipod was the best choice for us because of one of that was one of the main reasons, but also being an active toddler, I didn't want him to be, have tubes on him yeah. to be caught on all sorts of things. Um, but that was what, what I thought would work for us. And I wanted to get it as soon as I could, because I knew it would bring such a, a level of ease to just think just everything in general. And and while you were um, doing that, you were still thinking, I want this algorithm as soon as it's available. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll move on to this. I'll, I'll update. I'll, I'll update our stuff off of injections. Keep us from having to stick him so many times so we can make better adjustments after meals and things like that. But eye on the algorithm the whole time. So first of all, how did you do on the dash? Was it, did it improve things over injections? Oh, definitely. Um, I have the, we went to Dr. Zimmerman in June after we saw her in April to get the pump and his A1C was Mm 6.5. Wow. And it drastically improved. Certainly Um, did. Dr. Zimmerman and all the CDEs there at the office, they're all trying to now get me to, to become a CDE and help them out in the, in the office. Cause obviously something I'm doing is right. Um, and I, know the pump helped and obviously the strategies that you provide in the pro tips helped as well. That's great. So, That's really congratulations. First of all, it's a big shift, right? Because you're not a, you're not a young mom either. You know what I mean? Like, so you're, you're on your way with your first baby and then it's not too long before somebody's saying diabetes to you, which is a surprise. And, and you're adapting really well. Why is that? Like, why are you adaptable like this? I'm not really sure. I guess it, 
um, I, I, one thing I, I know technology pretty well. It's what I grew up, you know, and I was always wanting the next thing in technology, whether it was, you know, a, a new cell phone, the next model or, um, a new PlayStation game boy, whatever it was, I was always itching to get that new thing. And maybe that's why I'm so adaptable. I don't know that as far as technology goes. Um, yeah. And my dad is in, you know, the, he grew up in, he's 75 now. Um, but he grew up kind of changing and he's always been in the, a little in the technology. He worked with telephones. And so he was always, they're always trying to find the next thing that was going to be big in that realm. And so I've kind of always seen that I feel like in my background. Yeah. Just, um, just being comfortable with technology and changes. I yeah. think so. Yeah. And I think I owe it to my parents and then my husband's been really great throughout it all. And he's he wanted to, to learn everything and um, adapt along with us. Like we just want what's best for Davis and um, whatever we can do to provide that for him, the, the ease, um, whatever we can do to make it easier and better for him is what we're, we're willing to do. Well, how about the other side of it? So away from the technology, more on the, the psychological side, is it been a big, I mean, I imagine it's been a big adjustment for you, but how are you handling it? Oh, it was a huge adjustment. I think I went through the stages of grief um, for sure, because I remember getting in the car and just, so we drove to to Birmingham. We live in Alabama and uh, that was the closest children's hospital. And I just remember getting in the car with my husband and crying. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Like, could we have, and I hadn't asked, um, Lord, why did you, why did this happen? You know, I, I went through all those stages and of grief. Um, and I think it's hard for me to explain things to people sometimes. And, people don't understand how diabetes is a 24 seven, 365 you're dealing with it all the time. And it is tiresome, especially in those first few months of diagnosis. It's almost like having a newborn Yeah. again, well, you, especially with the toddler. Two, yeah, I was going to say just with a two year old, you basically just got done with a newborn. Yeah. And Davis has always been a good sleeper. So he's, thankfully it's been quite it wasn't as hard i feel like the diabetes first few months was harder than his newborn days mm-hmm. honestly yeah. no, that's true um but but yeah i've gone through those stages of grief but i think listening to the podcast helps a lot hearing other people going through different things i mean even though they had different scenarios, it's like, okay, this person is going through it just like us and, or they've been in a similar situation. And, um, I think the community really helped me Yeah. too. I, I'm not very, I think you and Jenny talked about it the other day in the community episode about the lurkers. And I, I think I, I would consider myself a lurker in the Facebook group. Most people are, but I, and I learned so much just lurking and, um, and I, I see people, you know, that have toddlers or older children and I'd see them doing, going through similar things or, um, they're encouraging other people who are going through those things and giving their examples. And it, that helped a lot to see. Excellent. That's other really cool. people. That's really, it's how did you find the podcast? 
Do you find the Facebook group first or the podcast first? Well, actually, when I was Googling symptoms of diabetes, I landed on the Juicebox website. Mm. Yeah, oh, I have that thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so I saw it there. And then I kind of, I think my sister-in-law had a friend whose child is type 1, and she sent me a bunch of groups to join. There was one. There are a lot, a lot of them, and yours was one of them. So I'm, I think I probably joined in the hospital as I was waiting and trying to fill my time with, you know, just not just sitting there. And Cars, the movie Cars was on repeat the whole time. So I was trying to find uh, Google and research everything I could and tune that out as well. But, um, but yeah, I found it pretty quickly. Okay. And then I think I, I, was sitting in Davis's room and he was playing and I found that the episode about start just or the first episode of the pro tips. Oh, wow. And you I, found that the first I immediately, I, it was within the first couple of weeks. And I was like, I, I immediately copied it and sent the link to my parents, my in-laws, my sister-in-law. And I was like, everybody you need to start listening to this. Um, and to this day, my mom listens every time an episode comes out. Oh, Hi to your um, mom. Thank you, mom. I appreciate that. And, and I do too. So she's, uh, we, she'll be like, I'll talk to her on the phone and she'll say, Hey, did you listen to that one about, you know, the, the lady here, you know, anyway, so oh. we kind of keep up with it, you know, and talk about it and, and she learns a lot and I learn a lot every episode. So Mary Martha, I don't know if it will surprise you, but I'm absolutely delighted to think that you and your mom are having conversations about the podcast. That really yeah, makes me happy. That's, I think, do you think other people do that too? I bet you maybe they do. I bet they do. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um, all right. So are, do you work? I'm sorry. Or how do you ma- manage um, daycare for your, for Davis? Uh, I stay home. I've been blessed to be able to stay home with him since he was born. Okay. Um, and so I've been able to throw my whole life into mm-hmm. type one diabetes care. Management. Yeah, I, I imagined it. It was the case because it is. I mean, uh, obvious, but it's so much easier to figure out if you're not going to work every day. It is, you know, and going to work and having and having to teach. Um, I know there are so many people, like another daycare people uh, workers, that are very willing to learn and do all that. But I just feel like it would be such a hard thing to do, and I commend all the mamas that do that. Yeah, it's a lot. Of um, I know it's hard for them and. I'm very blessed that I can stay home and I don't think that he would have uh, as good of a um, time and range and A1C if I wasn't able to Certainly. completely dedicate. No, I, I agree. I think that uh, that's a big part of the reason why I know as much as I do, honestly, mm-hmm. because I was just a stay at home dad. And there was, you know, like you said, you can kind of push the other stuff aside, just focus on it and really try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So do you think that's a, I mean, because your leap forward, well, let me ask you this question before I ask you that one, I guess. So you're about a six and a half A1C on Dash, but then Omnipod 5 gets wide released and you get yourself right onto that. Mm -hmm. What has that experience been like for using an algorithm? It's been a learning curve because I think with Dash, I was really used to whenever he would start or after a meal and whenever he would start rising, I'd be like, oh, I didn't give him enough insulin. I'm going to give him like just a little bit more and see if that will kind of uh, did it that way. And 
with the algorithm, I had, I've had to learn to kind of take a step back a little bit and say, let it do its job and a little bit more and kind of relinquish a little bit of control. But there are certain situations where I've been like, okay, this is a little bit out of hand. I'm going to go in and do what I need to do. Um, give them a little bit more than the algorithm is telling me to do. Right, right. At uh, this time. And and so, let me, so you started so quickly. Like you got Omnipod 5 even before my episodes about how to start Omnipod 5 came out. Is that right? That is right. right. And I listened to those immediately the day that they came out. And I, I learned a lot. I think it was things that I, I'm in a Facebook group that's solely about Omnipod 5. And I work in that and I watch what other people say and I would use their, you know, strategies and be like, okay, I think I might try this instead. And after listening to podcasts, I think I'd seen all those comments and then I heard you talking about it with um, the late other lady. Kari. And Kari, I heard, um, I heard you talking about it with her and I was like, and it kind of even opened my eyes a little bit wider. I was like, oh, okay, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, so I still, even though I was in the throes of it already, after hearing, uh, listening to the podcast, it helped me a lot too. Um, but you didn't about notice. how to manage it. But you didn't notice anything where you're like, oh, geez, like we totally set this up wrong. Like you had it pretty well set up to begin with. So did somebody tell you like 50-50 or did his settings just kind of work out that way? Well, his, um, it's not 50, 50 at pretty much at all. His has been going back and forth between 20 to 30%. Um, basil, basil to bolus, 20% basil, and 80% bolus insulin. His basil was pretty low going into, um, the Omnipod five. And I think, you know, if we restarted it, we might go a little bit a stronger, on the basal side, but it was such a, I feel like with a toddler, it's such a small number can really mess things up and, mm. you know, you can be too strong, you know, to go. And so it, we kind of were, he was, he was going low a lot of the times in the middle of the night around three to five in the morning, I know on dash. And so we had kind of turned it back to like getting him, giving it 0.05 every every uh, hour on the dash in the middle of the night and, you know, then increasing it when he woke up. Okay. Um, and so though, I feel like that, that has maybe made the Omnipod five a little bit more timid. I know those auto boluses, we, the only number we ever see is 0.05. I know a lot of people have seen that increase over time as they've been on it, but we still only see a 0.05. And there are a lot of times when I said it, to my husband i really wish it would give him like 0.1 or 0.15 right now rather than 0.05 every five minutes but you're are you seeing any lows um really honestly the only time we see lows is when i over bolus for a meal Mm -hmm. or you know after a meal a few hours later he might get a little active running around or well uh, but that's really the only times we see lows and also in the middle of the night, we've seen lows recently, and it's hasn't been a low. It's been an issue with the Dexcom being like thirty or forty points off, okay. and it's reading way lower than what the what his blood sugar is. 
Well, that's interesting. So, but besides besides a CGM, like, is that a compression low, or do you think it just needs to be calibrated? Or I think it's mostly it needs to be calibrated because I feel like we've only had one compression low the whole time, and that was a few weeks ago. It went, I remember from like 60 to 40 double down in an instance. And I don't think I've ever gotten out of the bed and run up the steps quicker. <laughs> um, and you got there and he wasn't, he wasn't that low. He, he wasn't low. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think he was probably around 90 or a hundred, but it's actually been um, really good about the lows in the middle of the night. Like yeah. I said, the majority of the ones in the middle of the night have been, due to Dexcom being a little bit off. Right. So you're seeing with Omnipod 5 a lot of stability overnight? Yes. Okay. Um, Are you sleeping more? Oh, for sure. Definitely. It's been amazing. Good. Um, we actually, um, I think I sleep through the night um, like I did before his diagnosis. So wow. it's been really, really helpful. That sounds nice. It really does. Mm -hmm. I just had, um, Arden had a, a, like a big influx of hormones from her period yesterday. Mm -hmm. So yesterday was really like a difficult diabetes day for Arden and she's at college. So I was, you know, she and I were going back and forth throughout the day because we were being really aggressive just to hold it to where we were, which was not, right. you know, no great shakes. And, um, so then as the day wore on and we started to get it down, it got later and later. And I was like, like I was up way too late, Mary Martha. And like, I got up this morning. I was like, uh Oh, like old man's going to need a nap today. You know what I mean? And, um, mm -hmm. it, it's just not something. It's not something that you can sustain forever. So I'm just right. such a big fan of these algorithms to help people sleep. If almost nothing else. Um, Oh, for sure. You know. Like I have a, of a, a lady that Dr. Zimmerman put us in contact with does the loop and she has a little boy that's two. I'm not sure he was diagnosed very young, but they've been on loop and she, they do amazing. And I've gotten a lot of tips from her and she's wondering about Omnipod five for her son. And, you know, I said, if only, if anything I could recommend, I couldn't recommend it enough because it may, helps me sleep. If that's the only reason that you get it. Then it's a big deal. I, it is a big deal. I think from what I know of her situation, I think they sometimes do ha still have nights where she has to correct a low blood sugar. And so I was like, if you can, if any reason, just do it because you can sleep. <laughs> just get an Omnipod 5 to sleep. I actually, um, I don't know if I ever brought this up, but, you know, in the months leading up to the Omnipod, Omnipod 5 coming out, I was talking about it with Omnipod one time and I said, uh, I was like, you guys should give a, like a pillow away or a coupon for a new mattress. And it should be like, hey, mm -hmm. you guys ready for a good night's sleep? And the person I said that to laughed and they were like, do you have any idea? Like how many people say that? I was like, oh, really? And I said, I thought I was being very, thought, you know, I thought I was having a great <laughs> idea. And she's like, no, we, I, it, it is a great idea. We don't have any tie-ins with it. But, you know, just that's how impactful we felt like it was going to be. Uh, mm -hmm. and it's interesting to hear you say that it exactly does impact you that way. Um, oh, it does. How how involved is your husband with understanding the diabetes, or does it not even matter now that you're using an algorithm? Is it just is it easier for people well, to help him? He my my husband's been there every step of the way. He actually in the hospital. I always feel like I was a little bit more. I guess I was kind of in shock still, and so he kind of took the 
took the lead and he did the first injection. He did the first finger prick and all of that. But of course I'm, I'm home with Davis. So I am the person that handles it most of the time, but my husband understands everything sometimes even better than I do. Um, he's sometimes even bolder than I am. And it, it's, he, he doesn't actually listen to the podcast. He, he just hears me talk about it. Um, but he understand he has a great understanding of everything. And he, he and Davis went to monster jam a few weeks ago. Um, he had the whole day of diabetes management. It, I think there was some connectivity issues in the arena they went to, but he did a really good job. Davis went a little bit high, but you know, what can you do with all the excitement of the monster trucks? Um, I'm sure Davis had some adrenaline and all that going through his body. I was going to say, um, I bet you did, right? I, especially in an indoor <laughs> event, it's probably so loud and there's fire and yep. the trucks are jumping all over the place, right? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. But he they had a great day and he was able to, you know, handle everything. And, you know, I felt comfortable um, sending him up there and I had the day off. And um, But my husband's great. And, and there's all I can also thank my my parents and my in-laws and my sister-in-law from the beginning, they've been incredible. They ask questions. They, they want to be involved in Davis's care and, you know, the CDEs at the, the um, diabetes and nutrition center we go to, they, they told us that we could bring anybody we wanted to, to any of these, you know, education mm-hmm. meetings and, we scheduled one for my parents. We scheduled one for my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and and my in-laws. And they came and they learned all about everything that we learned in the hospital. Um, and so that was great. And they've been, my in-laws kept Davis for the first time for a, a long weekend when my husband and I were able to take a mini vacation. And, you know, they did great. They did a pod change and they did a Dexcom change all in one weekend. They were baptized by fire <laughs> that's a, um, do you think like i'm not trying to get you to say something you don't believe but it has the i mean you've seen three forms of care in less than a year and mm-hmm. it is one of them easier for you is one of them easier for other people is one of them making daycare or you know other people being in charge of davis when you're not around like can you kind of go through that a little bit for me like because I think the reason I'm asking is because I think there's a, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there are a lot of people with type one diabetes and not many of them have insulin pumps comparatively speaking Mm -hmm. to the number. And I I don't, I don't know if that's because of access or if it's cost or if it's, Mm -hmm. if it's fear, but if it's, if it's fear, I'd love for you to be able to talk about that. I definitely think that the Omnipod 5 is probably the best scenario for help for having outside help um, from my parents, from a babysitter, from my in-laws too. It's very seamless technology and it connects to the CGM, which correlates to how much insulin is going to deliver. And I think that in itself um, aids letting you know letting somebody else take care of davis Mm -hmm. um it it's it makes it so easy um and there's no calculation i know in in the beginning we had that we wrote down on a whiteboard what his correction factor was and what the you know based on what the 
his carb ratios were too. And, and so we would look at that board every time we were about to feed him and, you know, say, okay, this is what we need to do and um, subtract this from this and all that. And the fact that the pump does it for you and you don't even have to plug in your blood sugar, the blood, his blood sugar, and it, it's also seamless. It just makes it so easy. Yeah. Um, there it's really invaluable. Cool. That's really, um, I mean, that's kind of, that's how I see it at the very least. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I don't know if I'm trying to remember if this has been said out loud on the podcast yet, or if it's been recorded and it's going to be up soon. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I always lean towards if you want technology, get, get after it. And just recently we were talking about it and Jenny was like, you know, I kind of agree with you about that. And I was like, oh, and she said, but I do think there's value in understanding diabetes kind of in a more mm-hmm. ma- manual way, which I'm not saying there isn't for sure. Um, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, how does it, in in a world where the idea is I have this little baby or this young person, I'm going to stick something on them. I think that's how people think of it. Like, I don't want to stick something on them. I don't want them to have a machine yeah. on them. Did you have that feeling first? I didn't. And I've, I remember I saw, maybe it was a picture on Facebook or some, maybe a TikTok. I don't know. But somebody was like, this is the last picture of my son without anything on him. Like, I didn't know that this would be the last time I would see him without a device. Yeah. And that never crossed my mind. I was always just like, if it's going to help him, then put it on him. I don't, I don't really, ca- I don't care. I just want it to help him. I want it to bring him the best, you know, keep him healthy and aid in keeping him healthy. And it never crossed my mind. Um, why? But yeah, I do think. Well, I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. But I do think it, it does hinder people from that thought of not putting a device on, you know, having something stick out, or yeah, um, it, it keeps people from getting the technology. Why were you so um, understanding of the reasons it would be important? Like, how did you understand? Like, how did how did you learn about diabetes and the and the the needs you have as far as variability and a1c and things like that uh, related to better health how did i learn about it i think i learned about it through the podcast and just googling and stuff like honestly i i figured out that you had all those episodes about pro tips and then the 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 defining diabetes and that was really how i learned everything oh cool oh that's amazing i was not looking for an answer that was like oh i learned it on the podcast scott but i will accept that as an answer so thank you but I think before I started listening to those episodes, I was in the Facebook group and I would see people talking about pre-bolus. I was like, what in the world does that mean? And then I took it to Dr. Zimmerman. I was like, what does pre-bolus mean? Or what does bolus mean? And she explained it to me. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And so she also definitely helped in the, in the education as well. She and her team at the of um, nutritionists and CDEs, they helped as well, but I think they kind of, I would come in after our, our, our appointment. I'd be like, the, the podcast says this. And they're like, okay, yeah, that that's right. This is uh, basically everything I learned was from you. <laughs> they must be thrilled. Or, or maybe they are. I, I don't know. Like, do they like hearing that, well, do you think? I, they probably, I feel like every time I spoke, I was like, well, this is what I heard on the podcast. And they probably thought it was getting old. But um you know, I think with the results that I saw so quickly, they they really didn't have any room to complain about 
me learning everything because it was working obviously. So, um, I see what you mean. Like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She's coming in talking about a podcast, but, but the information is correct. So who cares mm-hmm. where she's learning it from that? Yeah. Right. I think they liked the fact that I was taking it into my own hands and, and learning everything that I could, which, well, that's you know, an open-minded out so far. And that's an open-minded doctor too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Dr. Simmerman has been welcome to all of my ideas from the beginning. And, you know, she, she's young and actually she's a type one diabetic herself. And she has probably experienced everything. I think she was diagnosed later in life, but she's experienced everything that we have. And so she knows, um, you know, what we're going through. And so that's been so helpful. I want to ask a question I feel like I asked before, but I just want to go over it again. When your mm-hmm. husband took Davis the other day to to Monster Jam, mm-hmm. what was it? Did he tell you later, like, like how he found the experience of being by himself with Davis? Like, did he find it stressful or did he find that it went the way he expected? Was there trepidation? I mean, does he not, does he go with them frequently by themselves like this for a full day or was this kind of something new? Oh, they do things all the time. They love to go to Waffle House in the morning, Saturday morning, let me sleep in a few extra minutes. Um, they do things like this all the time. And I think the Monster Dam was a little bit more of a, an, an adventure than um, his the normal just going to Waffle House or um, spending the afternoon with dad type deal. Yeah. It, it was, um, um, he was in the car for a long time. And I know sometimes when, your, your sedentary makes your blood sugar go up a little bit. And, um, and then the whole connectivity issues with the Dexcom, not reading to his phone. That was a little bit, I think it had to do with Bluetooth and being in that big arena. Um, but I think it was a little bit more stressful than he, than the normal couple hours at here and there that they would go out. But nothing um, that nothing that ruined his day or knocked him off track or anything like that. I don't think it ruined his day. I mean, seeing Davis's joy when seeing those monster trucks jump up and down in the air <laughs> and um, do donuts in the mud. I think that kind of it, he did go a little high, but I think that joy that Davis was experiencing was that you know, it was like okay, we yeah. need we'll handle this when we get in the car, or we'll handle this. You know, right, right. we're gonna just do the best we can right now and let Davis enjoy this. And then we'll figure it out. Mary Martha, you didn't um, want to go see the trucks. I would have loved to, but, um, they didn't invite my you. Husband and, well, my husband <laughs> went with, um, a couple of his buddies from college and they also have little boys and oh, they all went nice. up there and, um, it was, it was a guy's day. Yeah. I was so. just teasing you. I didn't, I, I imagined you were like, Ooh, day off. See ya. <laughs> Well, I think it would have been worth it to see Davis's reaction yeah. to the monster trucks. I got lots of videos of him going, wow. Oh, um, and his, it was just, I would have loved to have seen it, but it wasn't nice to sit back and um, not worry the whole day. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really wonderful. It It, it just mm-hmm. is. I trying to put myself in a, in a position where I'm imagining 10 months into Arden's diagnosis, if I handed Arden off to uh, Kelly and was like, here you go, just, you know, we'll see it later today. Not that Kelly couldn't have done it, but I mean, with the needles and the meters and it really just would have been something, you know, and it's not Mm -hmm. that long ago. I know it feels like to people, maybe it is, but 
16 years ago in like the world of diabetes technology. It's just not that long ago. And it's taken, the whole thing's just taken such a leap, you know, and, and you'll never know. I mean, which is kind of cool uh-huh. too. Like you hear the stories on the podcast, which is great, mm-hmm. but you're never going to know about most of the stuff you hear people talking about when they're like, oh, I had to pee yeah. on a stick or, um, yeah. you know, I actually had somebody contact me recently and they're, they're an engineer and they had like an idea about collecting urine for kids. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. But it just, I don't know. The world's just, it's different now, you know, mm-hmm. like for this stuff. And mm-hmm. it, it's really beneficial to, for me, for you guys raising him, for your family around mm-hmm. you, trying to help him. But for him as well, like what's his A1C now? So we went back in September and it was 5.9. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So cool. It's amazing. Yeah. The, the, the technology, I mean, I'm thankful that we live in this day and age where the technology is available. How and, much? I mean, it's only getting better. Yeah, no kidding. How much interaction do you have with the Omnipod 5? Like, are there times where you're like, oh, like it needs more here? I mean, I'm sure there are, but how frequently is it? Um, It's, I mean, I haven't checked it in a second. I think it's handling everything pretty well. Um, Yeah, so I feel like I look at it more at night and have to intervene a little bit more at night. We see um, protein and fat rises, and I guess it might be growth hormones too happening at at night. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had to to give him more insulin more frequently over the past couple nights. Um, But during the day, it's, I just look at it, you know, at lunchtime or we're out, I'll check it and make sure it's, you know, in a good range and see if I need to pack a juice box in a purse or, you know, bring his diaper bag in the place where where we are. And, um, but, you know, honestly, it's, I, I I feel like I don't really look at it that much. Mm -hmm. It's taken a weight off my shoulders. That's cool. You know, it's gonna, it's in the background doing its job and, um, yeah, no, that's really excellent. Good for you. I'm, I'm, th- I'm thrilled for you. Like, it's amazing to watch how quickly you ran through the whole thing. Like you found the pot. It sounds like you found the podcast. It took you a couple of months to figure everything out. The next thing you know, you had an A1C in the sixes. You weren't scared to move to an algorithm. And now you're having a five nine with the algorithm. It's just, uh, it's astonishing really uh, how quickly you jumped through it. Do you ever stop and think that like, Hey, I really figured this out. Cause you did. Like it's, but it's cool. Like yeah. do you ever give yourself credit for it? It's hard for me to do that. I think the times I remember when we went into our, I think maybe our second endo, I was really nervous about his A1C and I wasn't sure if I was doing the right thing. Cause maybe we'd had a couple of days that he was high and higher. And, you know, Dr. Zimmerman has made it a point to always tell me how good I'm doing. Well, well I'm doing and, um, and Briggs does, my husband does too. And it's, I, it, it, I have to give myself credit a lot of times and it's really hard too, because sometimes I beat myself up uh, a lot. Oh. Um, oh. I know I did in the beginning because I was like, man, I'm, I'm failing him. I'm not doing it right. I'm not, he's got, still going high or, you know, and, yeah. but I, I have to take a step back sometimes and say, you know, you are doing really well by Davis and you should be proud of yourself. I'm glad you're doing that because you are, and it's a hard thing to give yourself credit for, especially coming out of a new diagnosis the way mm-hmm. you, you did. Cause I know everybody blames himself in the beginning, you know? 
Uh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I have to give all credit to the good Lord above because I think all through every situation we've been in, I've seen um, him working in our lives. It's crazy. Um, from diagnosis with my mom, knowing all about it. And then, you know, Dr. Zimmerman actually was a, a childhood friend of mine. And her her dad or her mom worked with my dad and um my dad was integral in bringing her to the hospital here locally oh wow um, it's chelsea right and so yes dr yeah. Zimmerman, yeah yeah she uh yeah it's crazy um to think about that and you know the the hospital here um here in town is it's a regional medical center but you know the big hospital is in birmingham and the fact that we have and a pediatric endocrinologist here in the community is amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, I mean, I owe a lot of everything almost to her because, you know, she's very accessible and she goes along with everything that all of my crazy ideas, like putting my child on an Omnipod 5 when it's just brand new. She was ready and willing to do that and wrote the prior authorization and all of that. So is um, you said she has type one. Do you know how old she was when she was diagnosed? I think she was in her later teenage years, but I think from the beginning, as far as soon as she was diagnosed, she kind of maybe she wanted to be a doctor from the beginning, but I think since diagnosis, she was like, I'm going to be an endocrinologist and I'm going to um, help children who yeah. have type one. She kind of had that mission ever since she was diagnosed. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Omnipod actually got the clearance for uh, ages two and above now for Omnipod five. Right. Yeah. I, I remember as soon as that came out, um, I, she, Dr. Zimmerman connected me with a, another a lady at, with another, with the two, I don't think she's quite two yet. Um, but I think they just started on Omnipod five. And I know I immediately sent that news to her. I was like, this is, this is it. Y'all can get on it. You know, y'all, y'all should do it. And they just started it a few weeks ago. And I, I hope I need to check in with them and see how they're doing. But I hope it, I hope it's, I hope it's going well for them. Yeah, me too. Hey, I have to ask you a question. So a mm -hmm. moment ago, I stopped myself from making a joke. But now mm -hmm. I want to know if you would have handled it okay or not. You said okay. that you really wanted to give a lot of credit to uh, the Lord. And I thought, mm -hmm. if it's me and the Lord in a rowboat, Mary Martha. And mm -hmm. you can only throw one. You got to keep one of us for diabetes only. Mm -hmm. I beat you the Lord. I beat the Lord, right? <laughs> Come on. It'd be a tough, <laughs> tough call for sure. I just, I'm delighted by the idea of you politely asking the Lord to jump out of the rowboat. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> we got to keep this guy with the podcast, well, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like to, I like to think that he's the one that uh, has brought you into my life as well. Just the, he, I mean, I see what I you're saying. He's... Okay, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm accepting of this. I just wanted to, mm -hmm. I just wanted to put you in a really farcical situation and ask you to choose. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. all. <laughs> I get it. Uh, it's funny. I didn't know where you in the moment. Like I can't tell because <laughs> Mary Martha, uh, because of your accent, I can't, right. I can't tell if you, I can't decide if you would have gotten my sarcasm or not. I, mm -hmm. th I think you oh, would have. I, I... I think I would have. Yeah, yeah, I do too, but yeah, I just can't tell. That's all. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell easier but, with uh, Jews. 
those people I can, I vibe with them very well. I have a great episode up today with a woman and she and I had the most just delightful conversation, but I already knew her. Like I could, I understood her, the tenor of her, of her sense of humor, like right away. And Mm -hmm. yours, I'm trying to figure out still, even, even though we've been talking for an hour, I'm still like, I'm not sure, but I don't know. It's cool. How is it living in Alabama? Oh, it's great. It's still pretty hot. It'll be like, I feel people, they joke about um, how it's fall in the morning and then in the afternoon it's, summer um we turn our heat on in the morning and then about 12 noon it's back on ac blowing full blast no kidding how warm Um, is it there today mm -hmm. middle of october oh let's see uh right now it's 77 Hmm. wow no uh, it's actually quite pleasant today um but over the weekend it was hot right and Um, and when you say the school the school you mean the mm -hmm. university of alabama right Oh no! No, that's, oh, that's not it. Oh, there's a better one. You're saying, and you don't want to fight with there's those a, other people. Well, I know a few months ago you had a a podcast, and the title was RT. Oh, oh, you yeah. don't even say that where you're from. I see. <laughs> Did you skip no, that I really, one? I, no, I actually listened to it. <laughs> I almost went to the. Uh, I'm I'm a big Auburn fan. Um, I have been since I was. Uh, a very small child. I see. And I'm indoctrinating Davis into this um, <laughs> as well. Um, he is obsessed with um, going to Auburn games and the marching band and uh, I'll be the mascot. Uh, but we say War Eagle in our house. Did you go to uh, Auburn? I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I grew up pretty close to Auburn and I actually ended up going to school up in Virginia for a couple of years and we ended, Auburn ended up winning the national championship my sophomore year of college, and I wasn't there to experience it. And it haunts you still. Um, it haunts me, yeah, <laughs> it does. Um, and so the next year, I transferred to Auburn, and I for um, the football, if nothing else. For the football, if nothing else, <laughs> I was very homesick because of it. Um, I I remember when I told all my friends at the school in Virginia, I was like. Yeah, I'm, I'm transferring to Auburn. They're like, why are you transferring? I'm like, well, I think it's because of the f- I missed <laughs> going to football games. And they thought I was crazy. Yeah. What, what did you get a degree in? Uh, I got a degree in entrepreneurship and family business. Do you get to use it at all? I, my, uh, I do a little bit. Um, my dad was uh, an entrepreneur and, and was an investor in a bunch of small businesses. and started a bunch of businesses. So I felt like I got that gene from him. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband's family had a, a business that they recently sold um, to a national uh, business. And so my husband used it and we actually had the same major. That's really where we met in class. Wow. And he, um, he used his degree in his family business. But uh, actually after college, I did, I went and worked at a small startup Um but it was a pine straw company. Um, they sold and delivered pine straw and installed pine straw um, as a ground cover. I don't know. It's like oh, a, in the I South, have, we use it. Mary Martha, I have context for this. So in the South, you guys use that instead of mulch, right? Like right. around bushes mm-hmm. and trees and everything. See, I know things. Mm-hmm. I've traveled. I know what's going on. Yeah. And so, and they're so, just pine needles, right? Right. You okay. just collect it from uh, basically 
pine tree orchards down in uh, pine tree fields down in South Georgia and South Alabama and North Florida, that panhandle area. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was a startup and it was we helped grow it. It's still going well. I ended up getting married and moved away, so I didn't continue working there. But it was it was really fun to to experience it. I learned more. It's kind of like um, I feel like I've done the same thing with diabetes because I've been thrown into it and having to learn everything. And I did the same thing when I was just out of college with pine straw. I knew every single type of pine tree um, <laughs> needle, like the different kinds and which would work better. And oh. and I ended up being a dispatcher um, for some pine uh, for the the trucks that would deliver it to Home Depot, uh, right. the big loads. I mean, it's like working in a startup, you just kind of go where they tell you or where they need you. And so right. that was what I did. And it was really interesting. And I learned a lot. I learned how to be maybe adaptable. That's one, that, I was say that maybe that's where I learned how to be adaptive. Yeah, right. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It really is. Do you, um, what are your plans? Are you guys going to make your family bigger? Or are you going to go back to work one day? Or what are you thinking of doing? I, I do think we'll make our family bigger. Um, one thing that was really, you know, bringing it, we were talking about the good Lord above right before Davis was, this is diagnosed. I actually was pregnant and I had a miscarriage, oh. not even like a month, like a, two weeks before he was diagnosed. And I really do think that that was also the, the Lord working, um, knowing that I wasn't really able to handle that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could have been pregnant in that first trimester while you were also um, being so tired yeah. while also learning diabetes and, you know, spending day after day yeah. fighting with it, learning how to do everything and being up, up half the night, you know, fighting a high or worried right. about a low and all that. I, I think that all that happened for a reason. Yeah. Mary Martha, so. even in a comical way, I can't take credit for helping you with that. So, yeah, no, that's just nothing. I I was not involved. Um, well, I'm sorry that you went through that, but it, I'm, I'm it was tough. Yeah, no, I can't imagine, and I I see too how you how you keep a very positive outlook on things, which has got to be incredibly helpful through with all this. I think so. I mean, I can only, you know, I feel like that if you maintain that positive attitude, it 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 really does keep you going and if you dwell on how bad things are, I mean, you're only going to be unhappy and, and sad all the time. So you might as well be happy and think positively. Yeah. You have what I would call a boy's attitude. You're just like, <laughs> just like, just get it. We'll just do it. Let's just do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Socks. Let's so. do it. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a really a boy's attitude or not, but it's, it's, uh, it, it, we were just, it's funny, right? Great. Right before I recorded this with you, my wife and my son and I were downstairs and my wife works from home. And my son just got home from college. So we're happened to all be together. And we were talking about this thing where somebody, uh, you know, kind of made a commitment to something and then it ended up being more than they expected. And you mm-hmm. just were hearing from them a lot about this. Isn't what I thought it's hard. I don't like, blah, blah. and it's only a limited time. This thing is not the rest of their life, you know? Yeah. And um, I'm hearing this story and I said, I, I, I said, look, I have a lot of compassion for this. I know it's, I know it sucks, but now we know what it is. Like, let's just do it and and be mm-hmm. done. And and my son kind of chimed in and he's like, I really agree with that. He's like, just like do it, you know? And, and I thought um, it, it, it's just sort of what you've been talking about along the way mm-hmm. in, in a, in a roundabout way. You just got to get it done and, and 
then move to the next mm-hmm. thing. And it's not what you wanted, but it's not it's right. not insurmountable. And and the worst thing you can do is fight against it. Sometimes I think, mm-hmm. you know, yep, so, for sure. Yeah, no, I I I think that's really wonderful. Is there anything mm-hmm. that we haven't talked about that you wanted to? Well, so I wanted to tell you about my diabetes tackle box that I have. This is kind of a random thing that I thought might help other people. Okay. Um, so my husband was actually on the fishing team at Auburn. Um, so he was a, a bass fishing on the bass fishing team. Mary Martha, before you go Which, forward, I want to ask you, were mm-hmm. you trying to say the most Alabama thing you could think to say just now? <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't, but I figured it would probably come across that way. <laughs> it's really, it's, um, like, I was like, oh, there's a fishing team. I was like, that's amazing. I didn't, I had no idea. But okay, your husband's on the fishing team at Auburn. Yes. Okay. So he, and he's, you know, we've, he's fished pretty much his whole life. And so one of, when, whenever we got home, you know, we went to the, to the pharmacy, got all of our supplies, the pen needles, the lancets. The, the test strips, the alcohol wipes, all of it. Mm-hmm. He was like, we need a tackle box for this. And so we have a tackle box that holds all of Davis's diabetes stuff. And I have it right here in front of me. Um, but literally whenever we do a pod change, whenever, you know, I need to check his blood sugar, if I think the Dexcom is off, whatever, I just pull this big old tackle box out open it up and it has everything I need. That's amazing. And so being anyway, on, my be, husband's ingenuity. Yeah. Now being honest with me, when your husband first said it, did you think, uh Oh, is he going to have more ideas like this? Or <laughs> were you like, okay, let's do it. Because now there's a tackle box in the kitchen, I imagine, which was probably not what you expected, mm-hmm. but, um, but be honest, just for a split second, I know it's working great, but it, when you first yeah, said it, were well, you like, Oh, come on, man. <laughs> or no. Or did like, you like the idea? I think I think that I was pretty on board. I saw how many things were involved and I was like, we need it in a organized manner. Yeah. So if that's sense. what you, if we want to try it, go get a tackle box. We'll do it. That makes and sense. so I actually took it into our endo appointment that first time. And I was like, here's everything we, our whole life, like, tell me, you know, this is what we got right here. And, um, they were very impressed by it. And I think they're actually mentioning it to new patients that they come across. So maybe we'll start a trend. Do I need any special kind of box or does any brand that I think will work do for me? I think a good, any brand will work. This one's Plano, which, which is probably from Academy Sports and Outdoors, I would guess. That's amazing. Um, but well, yeah, that's really, yeah. isn't it, isn't that interesting though? Like, you know, just how mm-hmm. his own experiences you know, informed the next thing. He looked at all that stuff and he thought, I don't know what all this is. It needs a home. We have to put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know what I organize random stuff with mm-hmm. for me. It's a tackle box. Some people. Yeah, that yeah. was what we did. Wow. That's right. And so, but that's not all your storage, right? You have diabetes supplies stored somewhere else, but you stock the tackle boxes you need it. Yes. So like all of our, we have a couple of drawers filled with all the Dexcom supplies and the Omnipod supplies and, uh, all that and but we just keep a small amount in the tackle box in each little designated area so if we go on a day trip or um go you know anywhere we can just grab it and know that everything that we need is in there it has the insulin um that we use to you know refill the pod 
It has a juice box, lens, everything you can imagine that you need. I have to Skin say, pack. I think it's brilliant. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. It really is. I wondered if you were like, oh, come on. But I didn't, I was, it's a, it's really kind of like, it's brilliant in its simplicity. How, how like perfect it would work for that. Mm-hmm. But plus they have little yeah, like drawers. You can resize them and make it work just for how you want it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You can, you know, pull the little thing out and make it as big or as small as you want. And it, yeah. it really does work really well for Instead of ordering one of those fancy or using those, you know, I think there are a lot of diabetes supplied bags and such, but we just have a tackle box. <laughs> I think, well, and it's durable too, right? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Look Davis has knocked it off the counter a couple of times and it was latched, thankfully. There you go. That's, but, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. That's, I, I mean, I didn't expect you to say that, but I'm, I'm I, I think it's a <laughs> okay. great idea. You're like, you know, I just want to tell mm-hmm. people about one thing. It's a tackle box. I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? Um, yeah, that's pretty kind of brilliant. Yeah, it's, it really is. It, it it's really worked out for us, and so I'm nice. thankful for my husband's fishing background. Don't think we would we would have thought of it otherwise. Is that a um the fishing team? Is that could he get money for that? Oh, definitely. Um, we actually one of his um teammates um. Two actors, two brothers, they're actually really successful. Um, one of his good friends named Jordan Lee has won, he won the Bassmaster Classic two years in a row. Um, and that's what's, that's basically like the Super Bowl of all bass fishing. So, like, and, my son got money to play baseball, kind of an idea. Your, mm-hmm. your husband got money to fish at school? Yes. So, well, it's actually really changed in the past years. I feel like he, he was the president of the club his senior year, and he laid a lot of the groundwork for where the club is today. I see. Um, he, I feel like he, whenever he was on the team, he always really he pushed to get sponsors, on, you know, to put them on their jerseys, and the people in the, in the club sports were like, you know, we can't do that because of the – I think it was due to copyrights with the uh, logo, the Auburn logo mm-hmm. and such. And now they do that all the time. And they have sponsors all over their jerseys. And um, I don't know right now, they may start in the next years or they might already do it now, but they might have scholarships towards um, bass fishing. I'm not positive, but, you know, they they made a, a ton of money um through those tournaments and they just put it back in the club and they would have tournaments themselves. And then they would send them, you know, for entry fees, those entry fees for those tournaments would be a lot, but um, anyway, so it kind of would, I think, I don't really know the whole system now, but, um, but it's definitely grown a lot. And I think a lot of it is due to the groundwork that Briggs laid. And then also the, the, the popularity that it garnered, through Jordan Lee and his brother Matt and some of the teammates that Briggs had that were so successful. Yeah, I mean, listen, I have to be honest. I googled Jordan Lee while you were talking, and it pops right up. A professional bass fisherman, Jordan Lee is a two-time winner mm-hmm. of the Geico Bassmaster Classic presented by Dick Sporting Goods. Like that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not crazy. It's amazing actually that they got that off yeah. the ground and it's turned into this. And Jordan has. You know, sponsors like Carhartt and um, Abu Garcia, which is a really big real company. No, I'm looking um, at him wearing a shirt here. Does there's no room on it for any other logos? He's doing okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's he's doing really well, and you know, he's a good friend of ours, and we're we're proud of all the work that he's done. But 
you know, <laughs> if too bad Briggs wasn't as successful as he was, but you know, he really enjoyed his time on the team. Um, well, it sounds like your husband's family sold a business to somebody who had pretty deep pockets. <laughs> so I feel like it's going okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's good. All right. Yeah. Well, by the way, this, this whole led thing... us to where we are today. So we're, you know, we're happy where we are. And good for you. Mm-hmm. You're making me think I got to make one of these shirts for me with all the different sponsors of the podcast on it. How, I mean, how you could sell it maybe with Omnipod and Dexcom and um, <laughs> Touch by Type One. Not, not yeah, like, look like at you. Dancing for Diabetes. Mary Martha, you really listen to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I really wanted to come hear you speak in Orlando, but it didn't work out. But oh, I would have loved to have met you. I would have loved to have met you. Um, Yeah, maybe next year. I just recorded something with somebody from Touch by Type One earlier today uh, that you're you're, you'll hear coming up on the Bull Beginnings episode. Uh, But uh, oh, I would have loved to have met you. And now you're making me Mm -hmm. think I need a sponsor T-shirt. Definitely. Yeah, I think we would. Yeah, I think it'd be good. All right, listen, you were terrific. Thank you for doing this. Did the nerves ever go away? Did you feel okay at any point? Yeah, I think uh, it got into a groove. Like you said, it, it just comes natural after a few minutes yeah. to get to talking. Yeah, no, you were terrific. You really were. Um, if there's nothing else, I'm going to stop. But uh, please just keep me in the loop. I'd love to know how things go. It's um, just an interesting story, your son being diagnosed and you getting to Omnipod 5 so quickly. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd i love to know how it's going for you along the way. I'll definitely keep you updated. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, of course, we're going to thank Mary Martha for coming on the show and sharing her story. We're also going to thank Touched by Type1.org and Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and now Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. That little Dexcom G7, where do you see it? It's uh, it's quite a thing. Dexcom.com forward slash Juicebox. Don't forget to check out the private Facebook group for the podcast, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. But there are also plenty of people in there with type 2 and caregivers. Just It's a great mix of people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. <laughs>